You're listening to Leadership Foundation Podcast. It's called The City's Playground. That's what we call this podcast. And I'm sitting next to the author of a book by that title and the president of Leadership Foundations, Dave Hillis. Dave, how are you doing? Good, Rick. How are you? Great. You know, what we want to do is uh, we had talked about um, Eucharistic leadership in our whisper cast. And of course, our whisper is a sort of a a teaser on a full length podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked about the idea of how unique uh, leadership looks when looked through the, look, looked at through the lens of the Eucharist and how that uh, you had developed that as a theme uh, for the staff and you guys are kind of going through that mm-hmm. and, uh, and gleaning a lot from that. We want to kind of get into that a little uh, a little deeper. And again, if, uh, if you're listening and you, uh, you decide to jot a couple notes or uh, quote Dave on something or, or ask a question, you need some clarification, you can always send us questions or info at leadershipfoundations.org. So yeah, uh, uh, give me one, once again kind of a, a big picture and then let's dive in uh, a little bit. Yeah, you bet. Um, yeah, so to, can we re- recap real quickly and I would say one of the big ideas, Rick, just again as an aside, um, there's, there's always been the question about leadership and whether or not it is um, you know, bred or born mm-hmm. and uh, there's been great debate about this and you know, there's camps or schools of leadership that, that certainly would just say, well, you know, she's just got it. Um, yeah. and, you know, and somehow the stars aligned and, wow, look at that person and, and uh, the way uh, she leads. Uh, others, of course, come out of the other camp, which is, no, it's actually something that is uh, kind of grasped and uh, held onto and developed. Um, I, I would say that leadership foundations, uh, we decidedly come out of the latter. We, we think that um, you know, it's not something that you're just born with, uh, but, but it's something that's actually bred. And I would go so far as to say that I believe that, that leadership actually is uh, a, a, so, a social construction. Uh, in other words, um, I think it's something that's quite deliberate um, and, and quite purposeful. And so if that's true, um, that, that leadership is actually a result of a social construction, you know, I mean, who you hang out with, what you read. Then, of course, it raises the stakes. Um, right. So who is it that, you know, becomes models for you? What is it that you're, you're reading? And, uh, and I think quickly, uh, at least for leadership foundations, what we turn to is, is, again, the person of Jesus. And is there a shape? Um, is there something at play in his leadership that we can capture in language, that we can begin to think about, pray about, uh, engage with, you know, try to ask questions, uh, further develop ourselves. And at least one of the themes uh, for us, Rick, has been, did Jesus, in fact, um, have what we would describe as the Eucharistic shape of leadership? Mm-hmm. And again, there's a whole bunch of theology in this. There's a whole bunch of philosophy. I mean, ultimately, Jesus, you know, beginning particularly in John 6, begins to talk about himself as Eucharist. Um, right. you know, there's, a, there's a number of places where it said he had a lot of disciples. <laughs> he talks about, you know, uh, essentially you're going to have to, you know, eat of me and drink of me. And it says that, and many left him yeah, at that time. Thought, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you've just crossed <laughs> some line. <laughs> But I've, I've taken that to say I think that Jesus actually, you know, viewed, you know, himself um, as, as Eucharist. And, of course, we, we know that in the liturgy. We know that in the Mass. But could it be that, that on a very practical level he saw that as his leadership? Mm-hmm. Um, so when he then, you know, uh, in the Last Supper, 
uh, had these four movements, these four verbs of uh, where he said he, you know, he kind of took, you know, the bread, mm -hmm. he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. Um, was it more than just a sacramental moment uh, of worship? but it was in fact the way he chose to live his life and mm -hmm. specifically his leadership. So again, there's much to unpack in that, but all that to say it's the conclusion of Leadership Foundations that yes, uh, there is a Eucharistic shape of leadership uh, directly coming out of, of the person of Christ uh, himself. And, and so our thought is let's, uh, let's dive into that. Mm -hmm. let's, let's look at those elements and see uh, what does it mean to have leadership uh, that actually has been taken? Uh, what, yeah. are, what are the implications of that? Uh, and how does that, and I think this is the important part, differentiate uh, maybe itself from a lot of the leadership kind of schools or, you know, workshops mm -hmm. uh, that are out there now? Uh, what yeah. does it mean to be blessed? Um, you know, what does it mean to be broken? Uh, what does it mean to be given? So. Yeah. That's the general idea, and, and that's well, what yeah, we're... Well, yeah, I think it helps me, Dave, because, uh, you know, leadership in, so, in a lot of ways has become an industry in our part of the world. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, the, it's kind of uh, an interesting play on words, but that there, you know, Jesus was obviously prophetic, but we're more into profit in a different sense, <laughs> you know, the profitability <laughs> factor. Yeah. And so that, that's, I think it's such a helpful template because, you know, you, 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 know, you can see that, um, uh, this social construction of leadership is uh, you can you can see how that has played out because a lot of uh, uh, leadership in you know in different venues have come out of um, um, arenas that have that 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 social construction you know that people that have yeah. the opportunity yeah. you know to be influenced in these kind of ways yep. it's just that if you get influenced in leadership for profitability. You know, you end up at a different place than uh, than if you want to be prophetic in leadership or, or you know, like use Jesus as a model. So yeah. I think it's really helpful because, yeah. uh, like, um, I don't know anybody that, you know, uh, I would say to, you know, are you interested in uh, or do you see yourself as a leader? Everybody kind of deep down inside thinks, I hope so, or <laughs> I want to, or, you know, right. you know, right. and so I think that uh, to look at, at Jesus and then uh, and then start to understand uh, and I think this is, uh, you know, kind of true in, in a lot of areas, but, um, you know, some people say Jesus was just, a, you know, a great storyteller, but then his life, um, was right there with the story. I mean, like mm -hmm. you said, he's living out these mm -hmm. examples. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, again, just as an aside, I, I think uh, just because I'm a part of a lot of these kinds of conversations, um, one of my desires, even apart from whether or not someone would buy off in the idea of Eucharistic shape, I mean, that happens to be, you know, Leadership yeah. Foundation's take on it. What I do think, though, would be very helpful for just society right now is that in these conversations, in these workshops, if we were just a bit more honest about the fact that leadership is a social construction, mm -hmm. because then what it would begin to force is, okay, where did you? develop your leadership from <clears throat> and I think you know to get honest about these sources yeah um, and the fact that you know well here was my particular environment here's where I went to school you know here yeah. was the kind of team I was on that began to shape that and again it's not even to judge it as much as just say let's acknowledge the fact that our leadership and how we exercise it today uh, is in fact a product um, of you know some pretty artfully 
and socially arranged constructions. Um, yeah. and, and if we could get to that place, then I think there would be at least a bit more, you know, kind of honesty versus like, hey, man, I just, I just got it. Yeah. I mean, ever, right. ever since I was in the nursery, I just, I was, people just followed me, <laughs> little kids, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, case in point, I just was reading about, um, this is going to make me sound kind of boring, but there was a, a book about um, sort of the golden age of Greece. And you think about um, Alexander, this kid, you know, his dad says, hey, I really like to get this guy uh, to some level of leadership. So he hires Aristotle mm-hmm. to be his teacher. You know, and yeah, he, good choice. He, yeah, he pulls him out of Athens and, and, you know, sets him up. And I mean, you know, the guy, you know, in um, not always, you know, great leadership technique, but, you know, ends up, I mean, mm-hmm. essentially leading that, the, that part of the world at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, you'd be pretty hard pressed to think, no, you know, um, it's original with me. Exactly. You know, I mean, but uh, like yeah. you said, even if we just agree to decide to discuss it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, it's, it seems so, I'm, I'm encouraged by that idea. I think so, yeah. I think it places, it, it gives, or maybe it re-establishes that leadership is a result of agency. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it's not just fate. It's not the stars aligning. It's not that the gods smiled on you and didn't smile on, you know, so-and-so yeah. down the street. And so we actually then have a part to play. Yeah. Um, and we, we cultivate it. And, uh, you know, I think it, uh, it, yeah, just it raises the stakes. Yeah, um, well, and even, uh, well, I've learned this from you and from, you know, uh, the Leadership Foundations, really, the idea that uh, um, there's really nothing original uh, with me, you know, that, I mean, mm-hmm. everything about me is, uh, you know, I, I copied, I, you know, I mimicked and, you know, and you can just see that. So the question isn't so much what am I like, but wh- where did I get this? That's right. right. And, yep. uh, and certainly, I think for people who pursue, well, I just don't want to do that anymore. I'm just going to stop, you know, um, imitating people. Well, you know, I mean, that's kind of, a, I think, a, an mm-hmm. act in futility. You have to say, like, no, that's the way I'm wired, but who am I going to imitate? Right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's so right. So to me, this is uh, really helpful because it, it, it breaks down. Um, instead of somebody just saying, hey, you know what, you should follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, but then what how does he you know do what mm-hmm. he does i mean how, how do you do that so mm-hmm. this is really helpful so I, yeah and i mean you're making a great point i mean at that point it's like and which jesus mm-hmm. right yeah and and i think this is where we begin to cherry pick a little bit and you see this in denominations i mean i oftentimes laugh um if, if you went just on the evidence of the churches and the way they talked about jesus then jesus is the most schizophrenic human being that has ever lived. Yeah. And so part of what really drove uh, for me the Eucharistic shape is, is there something that sits at the core uh, of who the Christ is? Yeah. Um, and, you know, in, in this context, you know, he's an adherer to the law. I mean, to the point where he says, you know, not a jot or tittle of the law will, you know, will I displace. Yeah. Um, and then over here, it appears that he you know, is, is almost, you know, the, the grand lawbreaker himself. Yeah. But is there, is there something that puts those two very, you know, kind of distinct expressions? Um, do they come from a common place? And I, my argument, and I think Leadership Foundation's argument, is it's this, it's this Eucharistic place. Hmm. That, that's its core. That's its center. Yeah, well, I just had a friend who participated in Richard Rohr's uh, 
symposium on, um, you know, uh, contemplation and action, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. his stuff. And uh, one of the things he said is that, that all of us, this is his statement, um, that all of us have one central addiction, and that is we are all addicted to our point of view. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was just saying that the ultimate therapy, you know, for this, yeah. you know, addiction is, is to somehow you know, find that place you yeah. know, that's at the center that we, you know, we can all, uh, you know, at least abandon our own lens. Cause you know, that's one of the things you talk about lear- learning leadership. Uh, well, we learned, uh, well, everything, but especially like, like you said, which Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so I think this is really helpful. And one of the things is that if, if, you know, it's difficult enough to find, um, uh, common Christian ground, <laughs> you know, because of all the different expressions. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's so I don't think anybody would say, well, let's just uh, let's toss the uh, the Lord's table out of the program. You know, I mean, it's, it's a part of our practice of our worship. Yeah. 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 yeah that's uh, that's actually been one of the things that's been most encouraging for leadership foundations is that, you know, we always have an eye on what we would describe as the common good or the public square. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not to water things down. Um, I mean, there, there, there could be that, but it's rather to say, you, we've got clearly more in agreement uh, than disagreement. If we can begin to distill that uh, in such a way, uh, might we then be able to move to collective action you know, at greater and greater levels? Well, I think as it relates at least to the Christian witness, yeah, you would be hard pressed, I mean, to say, doesn't the Eucharist at some level mean something? Right. And so even if you're way over here on one side that it is the literal, you know, body and blood, and over here it's, you know, just simply a, a memorial or a, a symbol, there's still the notion that it, it has a part to play. Oh, yeah. And so can we then begin to use that? Um, the other thing, too, that you know, I would just say about the, about the Eucharistic shape, and I love your thought as it relates to Roar uh, with regard to ego detachment, Um, because, you know, I think at the end of the day, this is one of the great tensions of leadership. Mm -hmm. The very act of leadership seems to almost engage your ego. Right. I mean, it's like, like, who do you think you are for, you know, pastoring that church, leading that organization? I mean, your, your ego is like on, you know, kind of full, uh, RPMs. Mm -hmm. And yet, I think again, the counterintuitive movement is is that well, that's that's ultimately destructive, but you still need to lead. Right. And so, is there a way to begin to have an image or a shape that takes leadership and all of its responsibilities very seriously, but doesn't, in fact, then further fuel the ego? Yeah. Um, and so, for example, a Jesuit would say that, you know, what you want to do is get to this place of having no inordinate attachments, uh, which I think is the same thing that Rohr says yeah, in terms because, of that yeah. ego addiction. Yeah, addiction and attachment are really, you know, mm-hmm. the same, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think for, I come traditionally, you know, uh, background-wise from, um, if we think of generous orthodoxy, you know, where you said, like, well, over here you have folks who believe this is a literal, mm-hmm. you know, expression. Other people think it's very symbolic. I came more from the symbolic, I see maybe even extreme symbolic kind of expression, but I would say that even at that point of orthodoxy, you know, way over here, wherever that is, uh, there, there's, it's undeniably one of the, one of the places in our worship practice where we, we um, not only express but witness the, the presence 
of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, just the presence of God, like in, in mm-hmm. this expression. So yeah, it's just a, it's a, I think a really, really helpful picture. And the other thing I really like about your, you know, present conversation in this is that you're talking about, um, these as movements. I really like that mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, we can come up with four points, mm-hmm. uh, for these are the four, you know, Hey, can I make some PowerPoint slides over here? You know, <laughs> but when you think about movements, mm-hmm. um, it really, I don't know. It just, it takes it out of the noun universe and into the verb, you know, world. Yeah, and, no, yeah. that's, that's, yeah, I think it's, it's very iterative in the sense that they, they play off on one another and it's not as though, you know, you get through the first movement and, you know, you never have to now go back to something like taken, uh, and then you graduate, you know, yeah. through the blessed. I mean, that, that would be a, you know, acronistic for sure, but it's, it's, it's in every situation, every person, you know, I mean, I wake up today and I have a, a series of leadership challenges that are probably going to require me to, you know, again, move through this taken, blessed, broken, given. Sometimes it happens in a nanosecond. Sometimes it happens over the, you know, the course of a, a longer period of time, but it's a play. And um, the other thing I, I would just say, Rick, that's important. So if, if, leadership is a social construction and then we can get to a again what I would hope would be a more honest conversation about okay so you know where does uh, some of the sources of your construction come from and you know people can say well you know here the military or business or you know Um, then um, I think we can begin to actually have a you know a a bit more of a critique you know on each Mm -hmm. other's you know particular choice and um, one of the things that, that I have increasingly been thinking about is what is the Eucharistic shape of leadership sort of in response to? In other words, you know, what is it in effect saying that's, that's not the way to lead? And so, I, you know, in the spirit of, you know, the church and everything's got to have, you know, four P's or four C's oh, yeah, or, yeah. or three D's, I, I've really tried to, to play around with that a little bit and, and try to think about what does each movement of the Eucharist, in a sense, sort of give us an alternative um, to, to think about? So the first... Hey, you know, sometimes <laughs> I just like to, uh, you know, set up your point with a little bit of a, a snare thing there. That was, you know, that, that's, was, that was from a previous I, podcast, so we just that, tossed it in there. That's, you know, I, this is great. I uh, just complete aside, but I oftentimes ask people at the beginning of a meeting, like a, kind of an icebreaker, you know, okay, here's, here's the great one. If you win the lotto and you win all kinds of money and we know you're going to kind of solve world peace and, yeah, you know, say, that's, a given. that's the given. What's the one thing you would do that you'd be kind of embarrassed about? <laughs> so people give me all these answers, but the best answer is uh, Pat Coleman who says, <laughs> I would have a theme song. Yes. And, and it's like, what? And it's like, yeah, every time I would walk into a meeting, you know, it'd be like shaft would yeah. go off. And I just thought, well, you just did that you for me. Of, you know, how did it feel? Uh, you know, I, I feel strangely warm. <laughs> it was a, kind of a nice moment, too, because you go like, and now let me talk to you about these four contrasting ideas. And boom, then we hit the theme song. Yeah, that was great. Um, but the, uh, the, so the first, you know, is this notion of being taken. Um, and I think most... Uh, leadership schools oftentimes will talk about this idea that you possess uh, and you know in other words you grasp and so um, what what does it mean to instead of living in a world where uh, you know your leadership is the result of you know possessing it actually moves to this place where no it's something that 
that has actually happened to you um, uh, before you. Um, in some ways, it's been initiated by other uh, before you begin uh, to get it. So that's been one place I've, I've, I've talked about is that it moves us away from this notion of leadership as possession. Um, the second, when it, it, we talk about uh, this idea of being blessed, um, is that it moves us from a leadership uh, of what I would describe as it being provisional. And the, the idea there um, is that um, so much of leadership, um, while you're a leader, um, you know, if in a sense you live into this particular provision, so you buy off on this creed, uh, you have this company card, um, you know, you've somehow proven to me that, that you are uh, politically or you know, financially of the same tribe. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, we don't give leadership to you uh, unless you, you know, have somehow walked through these provisions. Mm -hmm. uh, you've, you've got to demonstrate to us that you're worthy, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of, our, of our leadership. Um, the third in terms of broken is it really responds to uh, leadership that's always trying to amass power. Um, so again, I'm, I'm leader to the degree that I just feel like I, I have the power to do whatever I want, wherever I want it, to whoever I want it. And again, I'll do it benevolently, I'll do it, you know, um, w wisely, but, but at the end of the day, you know, I've got the power, you don't. And I think this notion of a movement of leadership as brokenness uh, really fights against that. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, the last um, is this notion of performance. Um, you know, so much of leadership, you know, we oftentimes, you just feel like you're on a, you know, an aerobic exercise machine. <laughs> and it's just, and I'm only as good as I performed today. Yeah. And then I reset. Um, and, and to get to a place, um, you know, where uh, it's something that, that, it, that it is, you know, that it's, it's gift. Um, and so I think that's been helpful for me, Rick, to try to think about, okay, Eucharistic leadership is actually a response to this notion of, you know, possession of performance of power and of it being provisional. Um, you can see how, if you, if you think about that kind of leadership too, provisional, how, how that, um, that reinforces, those things reinforce each other. You know how it is? Like mm -hmm. It's almost like the, you know, the more you're grasping for power and then the more you, you attribute that to, you know, you're a great, you know, innate ability yeah, you know, right. that was given to you. You know, that, you yeah. know it just, it's just really interesting how, you, you know, then you just become, you establish provisions or you say like, well, this is contingent on, you know, what I think leadership is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, easy to get on that treadmill for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think, again, I've been a part of so many of these meetings where, <clears throat> you know, if if the whole name of the game was leadership, so ultimately it could be given. I think of how many times I have measured a successful meeting, uh, not by what I've been able to give, but by what I've been able to amass, um, mm -hmm. you know, what I've been able to possess. Yeah. And so I, I'll high five my colleague as we walk out, and but we're high fiving each other around like we still have a hold of a lot of things yeah. versus high fiving each other because we spent ourselves. Uh, we, we put it all on the table um, for others, for the city, for these leaders. Um, and so, again, going back to this notion that, that, uh, that Jesus, uh, you know, 
I mean, it was it was the self donation. It was it was given away. Mm -hmm. um, he was given in order to give away, and yeah. uh, it's just so simple, but it, it changes the equation. Now, I'm going to try to uh, make our podcast uh, more important than it actually is. But really, one of the original ideas I had for let's have a podcast, let's talk to each other, was you're the the president of Leadership Foundations, and I think that traditionally um, the the big idea is well, we got to get Dave on our stage right mm -hmm. and we were thinking well you know okay that'll happen you know here and there now and then but to get uh in people's heads is better <laughs> you know to have your voice in someone's life is i think more eucharistic mm -hmm. than to have their body on the stage and you know what i mean and mm -hmm. i think that sometimes we just think of leadership as well it's just mass visibility right it's the person that you know and, and we've are we've already seen that in our I mean, our political system is basically like, hey, um, you know, a highly recognized person with any qualifications can sometimes be the one that yep. ends up, you know, getting the attention. So we kind of think, oh, leaders are the ones who have the most visibility. Mm -hmm. And I think what Jesus, you know, um, is showing us, and I think what we're trying to practice by doing, even doing this, is that, you know, it's our voices, mm -hmm. um, you know, that are, that are, really what it's about mm -hmm. versus, you know, the visibilities, mm -hmm. you know, and I know that, um, not to become a, you know, like I, I got everything figured out, but sometimes when you go to an organization and it's every, everywhere in the organization, it's somebody's name.com mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. than what they're up to.com, you know, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. you think, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a, you know, we've talked about this before, but I think there's a leadership crisis, um, you know, in the world. And I, but I, I wouldn't say the crisis isn't that we don't have leaders, even people that are capable. I don't know if we've ever had a time where we've had more talented, uh, more articulate, uh, better read leaders. I mean, I, again, I don't have any data to, to, to measure this, but my, my intuitive sense is that, you know, we have this unbelievable pool of people out there but they're thinking about leadership uh, from a wrong perspective mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, it's now become a leadership um, with pretty remarkable talent in order to yeah become visible to attain celebrity um, you know to somehow um, you know become increasingly self-referential mm -hmm. uh, over and against uh, you know what does it actually mean to live uh, on behalf of other um, and you know thanks be to God you know we've got uh, some really good examples out there in the Pope Francis's of mm -hmm. this world and and others that uh, you know have shown us what that means so yeah and I think that uh, to you know to, to be able to say that th that what makes um, uh, Jesus so remarkable as a leader uh, that the, some of the keys to understanding that are right there in front of us with the Eucharist mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is really, really helpful, um, that the concept of uh, this grace and this good grace, you know, being a movement. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. 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 You know, the other thing I just would, would say, Rick, that, that ultimately if, if I was then to say on the front end of, of our conversation was, you know, how leadership really is a social construction. On the back end, what I've then talked about is ultimately – what I think it does is it moves us from a world of, of what I would describe as if-then uh, to a world of because-therefore. And we, we can talk a bit more about this, but 
the idea is, is that most of us, I think, and particularly those in leadership, it's like, if this is true, uh, if you have gone to this school, uh, if you have crossed this T, dotted this I, uh, if, 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 then I will allow you to, you know, lead this organization, uh, you know, take responsibility for this particular initiative. Um, and so the whole thing becomes, you know, kind of cause and effect. Um, and, and, we, and we literally begin to create institutions. Uh, we create churches um, where it's all cause and effect. And, and, and really the game of leadership then becomes, um, you know, let's see how those effects are coming out as a result of these causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said it earlier, what, what, what ultimately results is an organization becomes ever tighter, uh, you know, ever more bounded, um, you know, ever more restricted. Uh, because we realize that that's the name of the game. You know, I, I have to, you know, somehow, um, you know, kind of do these ifs um, right. that have been set up for me so that I can then do whatever. Yeah, and then I think it gets reflected also with, the, um, you know, kill the noncompliant and, you know, defend, you know, I mean, <laughs> you almost, you start to see almost like, well, if we take, for instance, the, uh, you know, Holy Week and the, you know, kind of the, the, the procession uh, through, I guess, maybe even definitely the broken, you know, mm-hmm. the given part, you know, of the the story of uh, the crucifixion. Um, I mean, you know, people were, they started the week cheering, and, you know, and they were That's like, exactly wow, what a great right. leader, you know, and That's then exactly the whole time right. they're like, kill the Romans, kill the Romans, you know, like, and, and they, <laughs> they had no idea, you know, what, what Jesus was really about. And then, of course, they, they were, uh, pretty quickly disappointed yeah you know? and and uh, yeah you know the whole hosanna thing became crucify him yeah so i think that yeah. that there's that when we see that tendency even in ourselves where we somehow we're, we're thinking you know um hey i have to uh you know i gotta protect something and kill everybody who you know who's a risk you know it's like wow that's not eucharistic yeah you know yeah in fact you know a great a great image of this happens actually in early in Jesus's life where, you know, he has been blessed uh, through the baptism. And then immediately that same spirit that, you know, fell on him and said, this is my beloved son, mm-hmm. leads him out into the wilderness to, you know, encounter the, yeah. the Satan. Um, and for a lot of years, people have wondered about what is the nature of that, that temptation. And, uh, you know, the notion that he isn't eating, he isn't drinking. So, you know, you think, probably quite honestly well the the temptation was you know dancing big macs um, or some huge you know big gulp but uh, a scholar i think quite rightly said the real temptation was satan coming to jesus and simply using this word if you are the son of god Mm -hmm. prove it yeah and you you can imagine that that actually was a temptation for jesus because I am the son of God. Right. Of course I would want to demonstrate that which is most important. Mm-hmm. And yet that's exactly what he's able to do is he's able to move away from this if, you know, yeah. uh, then. And it's because, and this is what ultimately then I think leadership needs to become, is because therefore, because these things are true, you know, mm-hmm. because Rick Enlow is a child of God, therefore you're free. Yeah. Uh, to to get out and, and do things and what happens to an organization Rick 
is you and you you feel this without it even being said is there is a kind of expansiveness uh, a kind of generosity of spirit i mean people are free to you know innovate again you know because they can risk mm -hmm. uh, and they can think about what is the good of the company um, you know, how can it become a blessing to others? And so that's one of the things that uh, just a very practical level, you yeah. know, particularly with leadership foundations. And I think about the leadership foundations around the world is we want uh, those organizations to be led by women and men who don't operate, you know, in that if then world um, that is so prevalent uh, and actually begin to uh, see, you know, their organization, their city from this because, therefore, because Delhi, um, you know, has been loved by God, brought into existence uh, by God and God's spirit, therefore it's free, you know, mm -hmm. to, and, uh, and you know, now it can become all these things. And yeah. that's, that's what we think the Eucharistic shape of leadership ultimately produces. Yeah, and I could see where, uh, you know, when we think... Um, you know, in non-Eucharistic ways, uh, well, we, we can begin to start to understand the, you know, uh, you know, like provincial is a good word, but the, you know, tribal kinds of stuff, you know, and, and where people start, mm -hmm. you know, it, it becomes all, you know, us and them, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thinking. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it, you can see at this point, <laughs> here's a startling uh, observation. It's almost like Jesus came to save us. <laughs> you know, from that, from that kind of leadership. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, in fact, I, you know, we could talk obviously more about this, but I, I think that one of the sort of experiences of my life, and I feel it this week, you know, being Holy Week, um, that each year as I get older, um, there's just another level of, oh, so that's what Jesus saved me from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's funny because initially it's like, well, he saved me from my sin. Um, if it, if, you know, if it was only that, you know, yeah. uh, but there's just so many levels. And, and I have over the last number of years probably spent more time on this issue than any other. And that is uh, God in Jesus saving me from the egotism of my leadership. Mm -hmm. um, I have just sat in so many meetings uh, where you know you've got all the right actors in the room right i mean you've you've you know done the vetting um mm -hmm. you've got money you've got programs and it's by the end of the time um you know just your worst nightmare and you go what is it i mean what what once again went wrong um and it's it's that 800 pound gorilla that sits there uh and smirks and at you and it's 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 all of our egos mm -hmm. um I don't want this meeting to go well if I somehow don't win as a result of this. Yeah. Um, if my program doesn't get lifted up as the best practice, if I somehow don't get put into the front of the queue as the keynote speaker, I mean, there, there are a thousand ways that my ego will manifest itself um, to you know, diminish uh, what could have been something that really would have been beneficial to that city, that community. Um, so that's, it's, uh, you know, kind of once again discovering, oh, so that's a part of what God has saved me from. Yeah, and I think it's, a, it's helpful for those of us who, you know, have, are familiar with the text and, you know, the, the life of Jesus. Um, you know, that contrast between the temptation, you know, and the Eucharist, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know the offer mm -hmm. uh, versus the offer, 
you know mm-hmm. what what you know what the enemy uh you know to jesus mission was was offering versus what he offered us i think even makes it more uh, uh gives a clear definition of how important that is so mm-hmm. so i'm looking mm-hmm. forward in the next uh full-length podcast we're going to take apart the first movement mm-hmm. in in more detail and uh and and discuss again it would be fun also to to keep pushing on the idea that um if in fact uh we would decide to agree that you know we are uh, socially constructed leaders how in the world could someone think otherwise you know and it'd be fun to mm-hmm. <laughs> you know to discuss that as well because uh, yeah. th- that leads us to some uh, some important conclusions so yeah. yeah the other thing i just would add about our conversations around these different movements is that it will also be enjoyable i think to talk to some people you know who again in real time um, are really beginning to work this out in terms mm-hmm. of yeah what what does it mean for our organization for my leadership uh, to be taken uh, and 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 what does that look like in real time and you know what does it look like to have leadership that's blessed um, you know what does it look like to have leadership in an organization that's broken and then ultimately given and so I think to have some reports from kind of the you know the front lines um, will be will be great as well because. I think on a very hopeful note, what I would say to everyone is that it's uh, and just this week I had a chance to be with our Leadership Foundation in Portland and we were talking to another city a group in, in Eugene and just the things that are happening on the ground and the lives that are being changed. Mm-hmm. But it comes out of this this Eucharistic shape of leadership. And yeah. so that's, that's quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had an interesting personal experience with uh, um, my son's son two years old you can't be that old he i know he knocked his front tooth out and so uh you know only half the tooth was broken so the the uh, mm-hmm. the dentist said well you know it's gonna have to be extracted so um i guess we had visions of that they'll uh, they have some kind of you know magic medicine and he'll just you know be calmed down well it wasn't the case and so my son ends up sitting like in the dentist chair wrapping his legs around his child's leg, you know, holding his arms around him and trying to restrain him while they like pull this front tooth. Right. And when he, you know, it was kind of traumatic. And of course the kids just, you know, like not having fun at all. And uh, one of the things that my son said to me is I, I guess I didn't uh, think about this kind of thing, (laughs) you know, this kind of experience, (laughs) you know, (laughs) when, uh, when I thought, Oh, we're going to have kids. And, uh, (laughs) and I, I started thinking, but you know, that was, uh, that's what, that's what a leadership, uh, I mean, that was leadership in, yeah. in his life. He was yeah. making a, uh, uh, doing a leadership move there. He was, you know, but it was an interesting um, picture, you know, of, you know, him sort of joining the anguish mm-hmm. and then restraining, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the person who needed help. Yeah, that's and great. Anyway, but it was just a really interesting thing because we sort of have in our mind, I'll have a child and then, uh, you know, I'll, uh, you know, direct him in ways, you know, and we'll be out front and we'll be like the wise old sage and, you know, we'll tell him all about the world, yeah. and, you know, and teach him, you know, how to, how to tie all the knots so he can be a sailor and whatever. And then <laughs> and you end up realizing, you know, what real leadership is just holding on him while he's screaming bloody murder, you know? <laughs> and so, so I do think that uh, yeah. it's good for us to see, you know, when someone is, is really, um, you know, helping, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, you know, they're leading mm-hmm. by being, you know, right in the middle of it. Yep. And not, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, directing, you know. Yep. So for anyway, for our family, um, nobody, you know, in the room said, um, wow, 
Eucharistic leadership right here, but that's how I see it today. So. I, think, I think that's a perfect application. Yeah. yeah. So we'll look into uh, the four movements as we come up on our uh, future podcast. Again, if you have any input, info at leadershipfoundations.org. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Rick.